0: I love that you call this mobile patio because there's no getting out of the opportunity to do this really well on your phone. We have about 65% of, of our transactions are start on a mobile device, but we have about 90% of our first-time visitors to our website be on a mobile device.
1: Hello and welcome. The mobile patio is now open and I have been waiting a while for this after some of the talks I've had with Catherine Campbell. She is the chief digital officer for Assurance Financial, but she's had 20 years of experience out in San Francisco and we all know great ideas start out west and then they work their way over to us in Boston with our school systems. But she is very involved, not just in mortgage, but also just globally. She's at her fingers in in other fields. So she understands how people behave, not just around mortgage, but how they interact in in life itself. And that's a topic I always love. So Catherine, welcome to the show and thank you for jumping on here.
0: Thank you. So happy to be here with you today. I I think we should do like the Adirondack chairs and like toes in the sand mobile patio next time, you know?
1: Yeah, maybe you'll see me at a conference and I'll have to get these these branded Adirondack chairs that people can can sit in. But I don't think it's, unless you're outside, it's, it's not a very easy chair to get in and out of, right? No, it
0: really isn't. I don't know how they became so popular, especially around a fire pit. It's like, you know what? No. Yeah, but uh, they are, they look great. They look you, great.
1: Yeah, no, no, they definitely do. Um, so as, as people know about my background, they know one thing I'm very passionate in and whether it's getting people together in some of these co-ops like the the capital markets co-op or some of the many others or just digital how you can work with api but you have coined the phrase cos so maybe that's a cool place to start um do you Love want to that. tell us a little bit about a collaboration operating system?
0: A collaborative operating system. I'm happy to. So, for a, you know, brief background on me. I went to visit San Francisco when I was 19 years old, out of Baton Rouge, Louisiana, and ended up spending a 20 year visit there. I had a couple of children, raised a family, and then it, long story as life kind of takes us around. I ended up back in Baton Rouge um, the whole time I was in San Francisco. Uh, well the majority of that time I spent in technology and a lot of startup work right a lot of absolute very quick moment, momentum across many different industries and uh, one of the industries in fact I remember was uh, this new concept of a social media company and we were competing against this little company called Facebook but of course we you know we were going to win uh, we weren't you, you will never even have heard of popular media but that's who I was with at the time and so it's fascinating to go through different uh, evolutions of where uh, you know, technology, certainly.com, You know where the evolution of business started to actually, um, you know, monetize itself online. And as each industry did this, we kind of learned some nuances in that. And then as later on, the financial services industries did this, a lot of the sort of how users behaved, where someone wanted to navigate a site, let's say, where technologies made sense to integrate, particularly in very legacy technologies. Um, it, certainly, the financial services industry had that insurance for example, had that. It wasn't really novel to those of us that had been doing it for quite some time. It was more how do we have this industry uh, you know, meet the expectations that the borrowers now have. Okay, So particular to the mortgage industry, borrowers have expectations. We no longer go on to Expedia, let's say. Can you imagine how many integrations Expedia's platform has? All hotels, all rental cars, right? All flights, everything else. We don't go and say, would you like to find an in-person plane ticket and find the nearest American Airlines office to go in and write a check to buy a plane ticket, right? We're the generation that used to go do that, you know, or do you want a digital plane ticket? You know, Click here and try to book travel. We just go in and book travel. That massive evolution of how we all travel around the world today is a very obvious way of doing business that was not obvious even just 15 years ago, right? Even, even some of these integrations are newer than that. So when I got to the mortgage industry back in in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, where, like I said, life brought me, I was kind of like, you know, I'm not really sure that I want to be outside of a technical area. um, And I'm not really sure that I want to be in an industry as laggard as the mortgage industry. uh, Way too advanced at this point and didn't think I'd be happy. And the company, Assurance Financial, asked me if I would come on and just bring on a point of sale system. And they had adopted Blend. Mm -hmm. And I said, let's, let's, well, they were signing with blend, you know, we hadn't even adopted them yet. It was my job to come, you know, create the adoption and really generate use out of that tool. So I uh, got into it thinking I was there for a minute and I could not get over how much opportunity, you know, the more laggard, that doesn't mean that it's, it's overly complicated because the market's already ready when you're trying to change user behavior. That's very, very expensive, okay? Getting someone to want to wake up in the morning and use Facebook, an app they never knew existed or could, could do the things that people find use for these tools for um, is very expensive and, and really for the long haul. Mortgage is not going anywhere. Borrowers are already ready. I knew this was going to be a very fast ride, okay? And insert COVID on top of that, right? Yeah. So to answer this is my long story, short to your question here, what I knew is that no matter what we did, we had to have sort of a main communication stream and ease of use across what turns out to be for us around 24 different technologies, 24 to 28 really depending on the user. That is going to influence the consumer, right, as well as the loan officer okay, and all of the back end operations. So what can we do to not have 24 logins? not have uh, 24 different points of integrations into uh, automated communications, how can we make this easy for everyone? And I realized very quickly in early 2018 as AI started to come on board and um, you know was doing a really good job of integrating across these even legacy tools with mortgage, that that was going to be the single point of entry to gain data out of all of these tool sets. And so the collaborative operating system for us ends up being capacity. It's an artificial intelligence tool that you can basically create a knowledge base and integration points with that allows a user, a borrower, an LO to get answers very quickly across multiple platforms.
1: And so I think when you do that, right, it's easier for people to, and I'll I'll unpack a little bit of what you said, but it's easy for people to visualize something they don't understand. And so you've created Abby, is that still in existence and Abby's going to help help people get to where they need to go or at least feel like this is a, a seamless process, even though there's a lot of things going on in the background?
0: Exactly. So we started internally with Ask Abby. Abby is our personification of our technology and the point of sale system. So you can apply with Abby. Um, but then we realized, you know, you could ask Abby, you, you know, Abby could take you all the way through to e-closing for your process. So it, it's uh, Ask Abby ends up being the AI that pulls in from multiple platforms, yes.
1: Yeah, we uh, we can't hear your phone, but I just okay, assume that was that was Siri getting jealous of, of Abby, <laughs> right, and, and we exactly. don't want Now, here's a random question for you. Okay. I saw about a year ago or a year and a half ago, um, Oshanti, who was the big star of last night's Home Run Derby, he had a night where he had two home runs and one of your billboards was behind home plate.
0: Yeah.
1: And there was a woman on there like an avatar. Is that Abby or that is, is, that, Abby. That is Abby. So Abby, that is Abby. predicted Oshanti's rise before anybody else <laughs> did. Right. She really does have artificial intelligence.
0: You know, this is where when you're when you got to be a scrappy marketer too. a lot of what I do is, you know, I run the marketing team as well, because there's so much digitization out of marketing, obviously all the martech, and then certainly um, the marketing communication. So it made sense to run that group as well. And it's really my background anyway. But there is an actual Abby at our company. And I was in a meeting with her when I was you know, only there for a few weeks. And it was sort of starting to enter my mind that what so many people are doing with technology is people had the smart app, the easy app, the quick app. That's in relativeness to everybody else potentially, but we all knew that, like I said, how quickly this was going to advance into a purely digital transaction, that it was not going to be any different than anyone else's. So what makes it faster or quicker? It's, it's a digital application. It can't be faster or quicker. So I knew pretty quickly we were going to need to personify this and it feel like still someone was helping you. And that's why uh, I was in this meeting with this woman named Abby. She is just sharp as a tack, really nice her stuff. Um, very approachable looking, but kind of hip too. And I thought she's, she's it. Let's just apply with Abby.
1: Now on the note of avatars, cause you obviously almost created an internal view of, of who you are. I'm seeing a lot of in marketing popping up, create your client avatar. Yeah, Is, is that something that the mortgage companies maybe should be doing more of? Cause I, in the mortgage world, I haven't seen it too much outside of some great teachers saying to do it. And even, you know, it wouldn't hurt for me to create a client avatar of who would watch mobile patio. But can you explain a little bit about how that process works for a company?
0: I think it would be fascinating, actually. I mean, I literally, um, so I actually did move out of Baton Rouge. I live in Charlotte now. And and I flew Abby to Charlotte. And we had a, um, an animator do a 360-degree uh, camera view of her and actually animate her. We decided how she would move. We, we really went with the sort of a, if you look at Abby online, she's kind of just barely uh, what we call micro animations because it doesn't need to be like an in-your-face sort of concerning pace. It should feel very approachable. And so we we really designed from the very beginning what she would be like, what she actually likes. Um, because you know, at some point she might want to eat pizza and ice cream, or she might want to only eat sushi and vegan. I mean, like you know, who is she completely? And um, so I think it's a, a really good idea to take that even a bigger step further. Um, there are companies that are looking at potential sort of avatars from the borrower perspective as well. And this is when we have to realize with technology, wherever it can go, it will. And so imagine if you're on, let's say like a lending tree, and when you go in to put in your application, uh, have you ever used Google Docs, for instance? Yes. If you're in Google Docs or Google Sheets, you might be the green dragon, right? Or the pink lizard. Uh, And you can see that other people are in the shared document, but you don't know who they are because they're anonymous in that point. Yep. So imagine sort of having a borrower um, avatar that maybe we as lenders don't know who you are, and this way you're sort of remaining anonymous. You're giving some real information. You're getting back some real information, and then instead of having you know twenty people call you every day for six months, um, you selected who you actually want to do work with. So I think the avatar opportunity has a long way to go, and it's a good good idea for you too. Yeah,
1: it sounds. Like you don't, you, you think it's coming and then you don't really see it coming and then it's there, right? And exactly. and I feel like that's where a lot of the mortgage industry is going to go on the consumer side because, and you talk about it a lot, but there's so much investment in technology companies to work with you, right? And so there's this built up money going into the system of that's right people that are maybe not always from the mortgage companies. So maybe they're from Silicon Valley. And so they, they, received the money, they built these amazing technologies, then they worked with someone like yourself to mortgageize it, right? That's right. And a couple of years later, which would be around now, it's finally maybe coming to the market where through things like your COS, the consumers will start to mold it now of, of what it will be or change it. Or maybe we can get to the point of Expedia someday.
0: Yes. I mean, that's the whole goal. The tools themselves are very powerful. I mean, they're good. And and you're right. This is a massive investment. This is not for the faint of heart. This is not for someone who wants to have typical traditional mortgage company and then have a little uh, consumer direct group on the side. We are now technology companies, period. Consumer direct is part of the behavior of the market. And so is traditional right now. So while those two places uh, have very big pieces of pie, right, because there's one pie, there's some finite amount of mortgages that will be done this year. Potentially, you could be online and see a house for sale and want to move potentially. And so that may add another you know, piece of the pie that somebody who had not planned to move. But no one says, I just want a mortgage. Right. They either want to save money and refinance or they want to move. So there's you know, likely some very predictable, finite pie of all mortgages. How the transactions get completed is certainly moving more to digital, you know, faster than it ever has, but not certainly not even close to 100% of digital. So we definitely need to offer both places to the market, uh, both digital and traditional mortgage processes. But no doubt about it, the comfort and the availability of doing banking online is the standard these days. So we have to grow that.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I do see you know times are changing obviously uh, quite a bit, but there's gonna mortgage companies are probably as positioned as anybody because you have both the digital, but you have people on the ground in different areas, right?
0: That's exactly right. You know, that's why we've always said in the mortgage industry, you know, I'm part of the community, I'm here for you, I'm your local lender. It's never more critical to really Uh, prove that, to really, really be engaged. And some people are great at it. The last two years have been just an incredible opportunity of growth in this industry to to barely know what you're doing and make money, right, if you just showed up. But we can anticipate over the next two years, uh, it's been a phenomenal grace period to bring in technology. Because when you bring in technology, because it's a really down market, and we have to do something different, we can't afford, um, you know, the cost of doing business anymore. So we're going to try this technology. That's a very desperate place to be. And as a technology person who's been doing this for years, I have been in that position and it's a very stressful time to be in in the role Mm -hmm. at that point. These last two years, you know, everyone's making more money than they've ever made. There's more transactions to learn from than you've ever learned. You have almost every generation heavily using digital tools themselves. Even if they go a traditional route, they're applying online. Yeah. Whether COVID
1: or they just have, they're now 10 years into a smartphone and then they went from refusing to use it like my parents with remote controls and then not just my father. And then, or now like they're on iPhones, you know, at at 74 years old. Right.
0: That's right. They're on little mini computers. I love that you call this mobile patio because there's no getting out of, the opportunity to do this really well on your phone, right? I mean, it's, it's yes, they will go on a computer. Um, we have about 65% of, of our transactions are start on a mobile device, but we have about 90% of our first time visitors to our website be on a mobile device, so they wow. are, there is still a little disparity between people researching online, finding people, and then actually starting the transaction. But when you talk about 65 people starting a digital application from a mobile phone and having a very good experience, and many of those converting to an actual I click submit, and I mean in the middle of like Florida, where we've never had a branch, do not have a branch, do not have a you know a name in Florida per se, it's incredible to see how ready the market is. It's a very exciting time to be part of it. Hey Mike,
1: what are you doing here at the historic Salem Witch Museum in Salem, Massachusetts? Paul, I'm checking out the local sites. Pretty cool, isn't it? Did you know the Salem Witch Trials lasted from February of 1692 through May of 1693 and over 25 people died as a result? Wow, I didn't know that. Seems kind of (laughs) harsh. It was. Guess that was the 1600s. Nowadays, did you know the average person is on their phone for four hours and 35 minutes a day? Sounds about right. I'm on my phone all the time, Mike. Me too. Ask my chiropractor. <laughs> what are you doing? I have a pre-qual request from my realtor. And you're doing it on your phone? It's already done. That's amazing. Super responsive. And easy. Who knew? I use easy mortgage apps. Makes sense. It does. Okay, so I have a question now that's brewing in my head, and this might be a a, it's a it's a very difficult question for you. So I would grade this one a three hundred level class. You are at the at the top of the class in in our industry, I feel from just observing. But I think it's like carpet bombing sometimes. Like people don't know what why they need the perfect consumer, meaning the leaders of mortgage companies. Why do I need a perfect consumer experience outside of keeping up with the the Joneses, right? Are they embracing the flywheel of why people will come back? Is it because it will be referred? If somebody has an awesome point of sale experience, right? And then just gets old school, is that okay? Like, why is the consumer experience going to lead to referrals, do you think, in in the mortgage industry? Like, what is everybody chasing at the end of the day?
0: Such a great question. So here's the deal. Technology is wonderful because the faster we sell a loan... Right. The faster we start making money and the faster someone can get their loan closed, the faster they can move. So pace. This is an inevitable, just ripe market to make the pace much, much faster. All right. Technology is obviously the solution to that. But technology does something that people cannot do. It separates you from your loan officer. So instead of stopping by my office, drop off your your, uh, bank statements when you get them in it, it's just upload it right into the system. And in fact, the system alerted you that we were waiting on that. I might have not even known as a loan officer, right? The system knows what it's received. It's sending out the alerts. It's receiving the transaction, a digital photo from your phone, and it's now completed that request. Okay, so now you've removed several conversations that you normally would be having with someone. So that's one challenge. So it's not as personal anymore. It's harder to get their time and attention because they're accomplishing most everything through the phone. The other side that that creates then is a lack of loyalty. Yes, I did my mortgage with you last time, but I kind of barely even remembered your name because I hardly saw you. And this, you know, rate popped up on my screen and it was very easy to apply. And before I knew it, I had applied it. It wasn't against you. It's just that I didn't have any loyalty to it because it was so easy.
1: This is the movie everybody wants to watch. So like, how does it keep going? This is exactly what we're all wondering. That's right. Loyalty so, loss, right? So how, how does it keep going? Sorry, I didn't mean to right. interrupt you.
0: No, absolutely. I appreciate it. So here's what happened with Google. And that's this is what's going to happen, you know, dramatically, it's already dramatically changed our industry, as Google said, okay, we're going to do this search thing, okay, this is years ago, we're going to do the search thing, and we're going to rank you, let's just keep it to the mortgage industry, based on how relevant your site is to a mortgage search, and so everybody started writing these meta tags, so metadata is data that that Google sees and is in the code, but the borrower or anyone viewing a website does not see, all right, Mm So they would go in the metadata and they'd go mortgage, 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 mortgage (laughs) as many times as they can write. So if you search mortgage, oh, my goodness, Google would say this must be a really good mortgage site because there's all these words that match the search. Right. Well, very quickly and and as human beings will be and really the the thing that started the Web, uh, you know, being so successful from the beginning is a lot of adult content. So adult content said, well, gosh, there's so many searches for mortgage on my adult content. I'm going to put mortgage mortgage. mortgage, mortgage, oh, mortgage. Okay. So and, and guess what? You come over and it's not exactly a mortgage site or a banking site or anything to do with it. And so that genuinely became a challenge for everybody that genuinely was trying to get to the right place. The borrower was trying to get to the right place. And so on comes uh, on boards. Google's need to dramatically change the algorithm for search and and on comes, you know, search engine optimization. And that's when that started becoming, certainly today, it's this bigger, bigger, uh, um, not from a financial standpoint, but a, a bigger effort than even a paid search effort. Because it's very, very important that you're matching the search criteria for Google so that your your result comes up. They have gotten very good. You, the odds are extraordinarily slim that you would come across adult content today when you're searching mortgage. But because um, we kind of got that part figured out, and now we know we want to get you genuinely to a good mortgage company. Now we don't really know: are you a good mortgage company, or are you just, you know, sitting in your basement, you know, trying to get licensed, still taking a bunch of mortgage applications? Your site's done well. Let's yeah. say your SEO is good and we trust based on what is the site says, but we don't know if you are good at what you do. So on comes um, you know the opportunity for all of us to do these ratings and reviews, right? Five stars, and this is my review on Facebook, this is my review on Google, this is my review on Yelp. And that's when Google said, I'm going to now transition that if other sites trust you, that was a big SEO thing. Gosh, if you get a link from Forbes, if you get a link from you know Yahoo.com, if you get a link from other content sites, they must trust you, so I'll trust you. But now we've had link exchange for many years and some of those links are dated, okay? So yeah. they said, I know what we'll do. We'll do a search and a result and prioritize that result based on a, a very long algorithm that includes a lot of things, but mostly we're gonna trust you if other people have recently trusted you. And particularly if lots of other people would recommend you. And that is where, um, you know, we have our NPS score, our net promoter score. And so it's very critical that while the tools are amazing and they are expensive, that you don't just say like you're saying, you know, some people realize, I guess we should do this. There is a plan to meet an end game that you're not just getting every cool thing off the shelf. You're not just deciding, you know what? That's so expensive. We'll build that one ourselves, but we'll plug in this e-signing signature at the end, you know, that there is an actual plan to what the end game is, which is to get new users.
1: So as far as somebody referring like, oh, this company's awesome because they e-closed, less likely because the mortgage companies, other mortgage companies will say, are still not great. And this is according to a housing wire clubhouse I was on, like where all five editors closed different ways. And even the e-closing one didn't know till about 48 hours before that they were e-closing. And so that person's probably not going to walk away and be like, that was that one person, maybe not yet. But if your end goal was to get an online review and you teed it up for that one person, right, that one person probably did have the best, closing because they just did it on the phone and they're probably most likely in the best place to give an e-closing right they're not at the registry and you're asking them to pull out their phone they're already you already saved them an hour so they might as well use that hour to to give you a nice review right that makes more so is the end game of a better consumer experience for many more better reviews is that the currency right now do you find the easiest
0: It's certainly an important one that NPS in this industry is very important because you have such a varying experience. So just like what you're saying, communication is still king. You know, we Mm -hmm. we say content is king, you know, and and communication is queen. But I I would reverse that because um, if the borrower understood all along that this is what was going to happen, then there would have been no confusion there whatsoever. And remember, a borrower can always opt out of anything digital. There is never anything that's mandated. If a borrower says, I am not putting my information in a point of sale system or I am not signing my legal paperwork online, I'm not signing that note digitally, which we can do now, right? Yeah. If that is what's important to them, then they should understand how the process is going to go, what is the fastest route, And what is the most digital route or what is going to be a little longer route, but a more high touch or high tech? Which do you prefer? That should be very, very clear to the borrower from the beginning. Um, And we do that. We say, you know, okay, you just started an application with us. Here's what you can expect. Click here to see the whole process. Now we have a number of blogs. We have calculators. We have uh, videos. We have, you know, about us. We have a St. Jude page. We're big philanthropies. You know, we have all these pages on our website every single LO that that works with us. We're in 11 states, you know, 12 states now. I think it's, you know, it is a lot going on on that website. But the number two most visited page behind our homepage is what is the full process? Because within every step of it, we say, you know, congratulations you're in processing and this is what you can expect want to see the full process click here that's on every single email we send out so there's never a confusion if they want to it's long but if they want to they can go okay this is where i am and this is what i can expect and we rare to never get the, the problem of communication because of that
1: yeah and you you talked about like the infinite pie the pie of not mentorship, but the pie of like where you go for comfortable advice, let's say, of a, the younger generation under the age of, say, 30, let's say.
0: Right.
1: Their communication is now going all nonverbal. I think it's like 93% and rising of their preferred communication is nonverbal. I think it's less than 1% would be incoming phone calls and their comfortability of, of picking it up. It is actually a study where it's even now they're as afraid of the phone ringing as the doorbell ringing. And so and they're afraid of both. So. As it goes that way, I think there's like a vacuum of who they go to for advice. And, I, and that might be where the loan officer and compliance is always always an issue but the loan officer has always traditionally been the most intuned in their community with the most resources to be able to hand out. Like, if you need this, I can help you there. It's part of what they do for referring. It's part of the house being the asset and, and the planning. As everything goes nonverbal. And as every company in the world tries to bring that advice to a nonverbal digital experience, I think there's going to be a void down the road where somebody can't have nobody to go to for advice. It's, it'd be like a It's, it's just, I don't think it's human. Right. And so there will be, and there always is, I feel like a, why like retro companies become famous again, like they'll, there will be some sort of shift and like, uh, you know, salmon, you know they'll start to go back up upstream, maybe to more human to human contact. Right. Do you see like communication going nonverbal now, like a very like it's much great. quicker than great. before?
0: So there are really three ways to get information and and we're going to get better at those three ways as we go. But one is going to be just to do the research. You'd like to think you're providing most of those answers online. So just like we send a traditional email that's been sent for 20 years, want to see the full process, click here, open up a Web page and you can read it. Right. Very basic. We hope we provide the answer someone needs and they're not trying to research elsewhere. But certainly online, they can find any research they want, right? The other way is to be able to do an artificial intelligence chat, right? Where there's a knowledge base that maybe you're not being able to find it easily. You can easily, quickly get an answer. If you can't get that answer within that, want to speak to a real person here? Click and you're still chatting um, with a human being, right? So you're getting some human uh, interaction and maybe faster response uh, from a different source of, of just research. And then finally, it is the person and, um, you know, that person might be a neighbor. It might be, you know, we hope it's a loan officer, um, but likely it's going to be an advisor conversation. You may trust your neighbor who's, you know, in um, my next door neighbor is a a real estate attorney. I would certainly go to him for advice, Uh, you know, so you may have people like that in your life. And, And again, we hope you come back to us for, I'm not sure if I should go ahead and lock in that 15 year deal, you know, at these rates or what I should do. So that's when likely the conversation will be had so that you know that percentage of people that you said uh had not you know did not want just um non communication it's it's hearing a voice you know there's a there's lots of statistics about just hearing the human voice that calms somebody down this is not a transaction that happens very often in someone's lives and it's a lot of money so um you know it's just that piece i think is a long time to never from going away but now I'll lock your loan. We need to do that today with the phone conversation. We do not need to do that in the very near future if we have enough uh, you know data being pulled. You can decide, have talked to your neighbor, feel good about it, and click and go through. And like that's what I said. My next marketing campaign, I think, should be do not leave your home, do not get off the couch or stop any potato chips, get a mortgage. <laughs> You're literally never gonna need to leave the house. It's pretty incredible.
1: Yeah, I saw you, you were hosting a webinar where it was like, cancel that haircut. You have $40 million in your pipeline, go get it. So I, 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 that's a, a great connection. Now you yeah. you were 2020 housing wire trendsetter, right? So we know you you have something up your, your sleeve. What, what do you see? So somebody goes through this mortgage process, right? Right. Last time they went through it, none of this really existed, these point of sale. So they had to call up. How do you believe their behavior will change in 2024 when they apply. Do you think they're going to look differently than they looked when they found you just recently?
0: Today we're, we're starting to test with some self-serve. There are certainly people out there. We're starting to do it where you can apply and go so far as if you agree that you can pull my credit score. So there's an integration with credit plus, right? I agree that you can give me a list of options and rates. There's an integration with optimal blue. I agree that you can run desktop underwriter, right? And approve me or LP and get approved for a certain product that I choose. And then I'd like to go ahead and get my pre-qualification letter right now because i'm sitting in a home that i didn't know i was going to find with the realtor that says show me your pre-qualified and and i'll you know put in an offer so that can happen in about you know uh 15 to 20 minutes you know from from very beginning of application to pre-qualification just sit on your phone and apply and get your pre-qualification letter right there that self-serve ultimately will be digitized all the way through the end of the process and i would likely think that that's going to be capable in many places by 2024 there, there is a mix of challenges here, and this is why it's taking so long, you know, why mortgage is still very laggard, and that is because you have a very heavily compliant industry uh, with a number of people making lots of money or spending lots of money, uh, certainly from the lender side, the the cost to close a loan, you know, had gotten extraordinary by 2018, which sort of was the initial impetus for this. Then you have, you know, 2020 and COVID and then the need to only, not only do this separately, but the realization that an e-note meant that we could sign a loan in the morning. Funded in the afternoon and give the guy, you know, the case, it's just like, wow. Um, that meant that we could move money much faster than we had ever been able to do that. And so the ability to, to go all the way through without speaking to anyone, if you chose not to, would be there. And that self-serve model will continue to be more heavily adopted. So then what happens is if I've spent all this money in the front end, right? Yeah. And yeah. And now I've gotten someone all the way through, 15 minutes to application, seven to eight days in closing. They now own this property. Let's say blockchain technology becomes a big deal by then. Mm-hmm. Uh, the ability to pull data you know, in real time. Then um, I probably better offer you something else along the way. And I think that's probably going to be our 2023, 2024 real big change is that we won't just be mortgage companies anymore.
1: Yeah, that's what I've been saying. it must be compliance that slows it down because everybody's talking about the cost of a, of a loan. Right. I think it naturally goes up when you need bots on your website. That is another expense. Right. That if you don't have a Boston based company drift, like people not in the mortgage industry are using it just. And so I think for these costs to keep going up, it's only fair that mortgage companies can make revenue on the eyeballs that they're able to generate. And it's something that's frustrated me for years, but it should be if you're not selling insurance, if you're not selling life insurance to match the appraised value of the home, like you guys do, okay. right? You know, And they should probably maybe come to you to, to feel comfortable with that because you're spending all this money or you're enabling the trillions of dollars of fundraising that isn't gonna last forever, right? And then software could get a little wonky because you don't own it all, right? So in order for that to keep going, they're, they're giving you the eyeballs you should be able to find ways around the home to, to make money to fund you know more of this innovation. I, I'm very passionate about that topic.
0: Completely, completely agree. You know, technology is never about eliminating jobs. Technology is about the ability to do more with the people that you have. I was writing with a friend the other day. Again, I'm relatively new to Charlotte. And he said, do you see those um, really cool old rock pillars with the wood uh, awning over them. And I said, yes. He said, that's where the horse and buggies used to pick people up in Charlotte. I said, yep. Tell the candle makers electricity is coming, right? I mean, this has always changed. We have always evolved. This is nothing novel about this. And I think people intuitively get that, right? They're not shocked to hear things like that. That's the way it used to be. But it's exponential in this industry because it's already been done everywhere else. The market is ready and the tools are already built. So the funding is available. This is the last place for people to make a lot of money in tech, right? One of the very last places is in, is in FinTech. And so it's just ripe to grow very, very quickly. So we, we can't, we don't have a lot of time, you know, over 10 years to talk about it. We already know what this, how this movie ends, right? Let's just play it.
1: Yeah. I think the winner should be the, the loan officers with, the personalities and yeah. the ability to connect. And if their enterprise can hook them up with a play, a way that they can amplify their voice and that's right. through tech and through these platforms. And And I think when somebody in 2024 goes to refinance or buy a new home, I feel like they're naturally gonna go back and look at wherever they left off at Assurance to see if they can grab some, some cookie crumbs. Like, oh, is my old W-2, is something in there. And so if you're able to listen Right, so that you can intercept and, and bring it back. It, yeah, I think that's where maybe all of this connects. But in the meantime, I think these loan officers need to be given something to give them, like an app, right? And and hope that you can change a little bit of the behavior, like um, the tools that tell maybe how much a home's worth so that you can constantly listen to them and, and be in front of them. And I think, I think that's what excites me. I, I believe in 2025, I said, but maybe 2027, the majority, over fifty percent of the loans will come from the servicing app, unless you know something. Something like this changes it. So, you said the car comment, and I do love that they said like that they were trying to figure out like horse manure because there were so many horses on the streets, right? And they thought that was going to be the problem, like too many horses. And then they were, who who's going to innovate how to get rid of the manure? And then cars came along. You didn't need horses. You came on uh, a clubhouse that I put together with some some big names. Um, It was an awesome one. I I thought it was jam packed with stars. And you do bring up that story about watching Running Man and just things you never thought would exist, like those people, cars, right? And and candles and electricity, like you said. Could you just maybe recap that, how you watched that antidote of watching that? I thought that was awesome. I always think that's awesome. Thank you.
0: I think, was that 1987? I can't remember what year. I should look up what year the Running Man was. Well, um, that really stuck in my mind when I watched it, when it first came out. And that was just how significant it was because, you know, I was younger. um, These, you know, good looking women had these big shoulder pads on, you know, the eighties and they were powerhouses and they went by a Coke machine in their office and they were complaining about the boss. And um, the one woman starts to, you know, I need a Coke. And she stops by and there's the Coca-Cola, you know, the end product placement, you gotta love it. Here's the Coca-Cola machine. And Mm -hmm. she starts putting coins into the machine, which is of course in 1987 if that's what it was we all did and she's like six dollars for a coat can you believe this it's totally ridiculous because the movie of course is based in i think it's based in 2021 it may be based in
1: 2021 yeah i think it is that's what makes this whole thing even cooler right (laughs) trying to predict inflation
0: so imagine, thank God we're not paying six dollars for a Coke, right? So she's asking to borrow money from the friend. The friend's giving her all her change. They just can't believe it's six dollars for a Coke. It is hysterical because in their mind we could have gone with inflation to six dollars a Coke, um, but they never imagined you having an iPhone and just do an Apple Pay at a vending machine. You know, you being able to just take your debit card and do, uh, you know, touch to pay. So you know that's where, just like the manure, they just couldn't imagine not having it. So what do you do about the problem? Now we're talking about getting rid of coins altogether, right? Let's just go yeah. digital money.
1: Right? I, I've started, and I should have been the first to do it, but I just started tapping my phone and I think it's the coolest thing. And I love how that you brought up during that point. I forget what it was, but they did something like they looked at the screen and it, it knew what Coca-Cola they wanted. <laughs> and so they could vision that would be 2021. But like you said, they yeah. couldn't envision a world without using coins. And so That's it's, right. it's kind of funny how that worked. I went back and Because of you, I went back and looked at other scenes of it. And so another one is like they predicted FaceTime in 2021, like you could FaceTime, but you had to go to a phone booth to FaceTime.
0: Oh, They never
1: predicted the smartphone would be in the pocket. They thought you would go down to the local corner, wait in line, and then FaceTime somebody at another phone booth.
0: Love it. Yes, exactly. It's like we can take it so far, but we can't even imagine it. And that's why you know when i I, I am so fortunate um, to to be connected with some really great CEOs in the technology space because there's I think it's happening more and more where people are looking. To bring on people like me who are from technology and not mortgage, but it hadn't happened much until now. So, you know, they, these technology companies are anxious to work with people who understand how to integrate, where it makes sense, how to guide their sprint cycles and developments and releases. And so I've I've been very fortunate to meet with many of them and it's this, you know, same sort of thing. How do we create and build for this industry? Not because of what we can do, we know what we can do. It's what will you guys adopt? You know, what will the what will the markets actually use? You know, what's going to sort of generate some ROI in the process and not just be a bell and whistle that you could let go of? And you know, where do we integrate with the other tools? And, and what from, if we can integrate seamlessly with some of these other tools, do we also add those services on or not? Um, so it is visionary in the things we can do, but I love when I speak to one of them and they go, Let's say I have a mortgage person in the room. Mm-hmm. The technology guy and I are going back and forth about everything we can do. And someone says, Oh, but wait, you can't do that because you'd have to have already run DU. And I'm like, we just may not need to run D. Just throw it out the window. Everything yeah. you know, throw it out the window. We don't today we need we need to run DU, but we may not always need to do that. So it's interesting.
1: No, I like that. And so, you know, we're we're nearing the end here. I I believe and last I saw you had uh, some post about raising like $110,000 or more for St. Jude's hospital. Yeah. And you mentioned it on the call. So I will bring it up. Like, can you just tell us a little bit about um, maybe how, how you chose them and what you guys do for them or or how you, with them. Thank
0: you for bringing that up. Yeah. So CSR, you know, corporate social responsibility has always been very important to me. And, uh, you know, we do that in our own lives when we kind of, you know, when you're young, you're just trying to get stable. That's not really an ideal time to start giving to someone if you're not going to be able to eat yourselves and all, particularly raising children and all of those things. But um, when we get a little bit older and certainly we have more means than we need, we all just naturally think to give back. You know, if you go to the grocery store, they always say, do you want to round up? You know, it's just like simple little ways that we're giving back all the time. At a corporate level, there are people that do this uh, very consciously, obviously, a lot of companies today do this very consciously, but I find the mortgage industry doesn't take such a collaborative company-wide approach to it as I really believe we should and we have, and it's been a huge success for us because um, loan officers, of course, give to their local charities. And that's part of like their B&I group that makes absolutely perfect sense. But it tends to be more about the business than just the generosity. Yeah. And one of the great things about St. Jude is that they have a walk and walk-run in almost every town. In fact, this year in September, it's virtual so that you can be anywhere and do the walk-run and be able to donate to charity that way. It's a no-brainer cause because it's one thing to give to the children. It's another thing when parents literally who are perfectly healthy cannot work, uh, not only out of the devastation, but the the little literal proximity or the needs of their child at that point. So um, we had a small effort for it. And then we've sort of, you know, built it out and built it out. And now most of our states are very involved. We even did a trip to St. Jude two years ago, Uh, you know, big group of us went and, and got to, we did some assurance financial color books and handed it out, actually got to meet with patients. So, you know that was a great team building thing for us too and so how do you take all of these little bitty you know regional local initiatives and sort of help aggregate the jointed effort instead of giving you know five hundred dollars there and seven hundred dollars there give a hundred seventy five thousand dollars and make an absolutely massive impact it's been great
1: yeah when i saw that i couldn't believe it but that that is so cool and i love that you you chose a cause that like you said the parents but it, the children yeah. and and people that just need a shot and so it, it sounds like when you magnify it from an enterprise level no pun it, but you give it an right. extra a shot or a boost as well I know
0: that's right yeah
1: i guess uh, so a, a final question then would be maybe it's ironic but you started in a branch in. Wells Fargo, right? Uh, for about six years. And then you worked your way into marketing and different digital agencies and then your own in, in 20 years in San Francisco, but you also were in the oil industry too and in other places. But I'd like to bring up on the mobile patio, because I sort of went through this journey in, in a little serendipitous way. But if there's some person working in a branch in a bank out there, right, that that happens to come across mobile patio and and was so riveted by this that they get to this point um which i think most people will what's your advice to them on like i guess honing your craft because your craft wasn't i don't know what it was but i assume like at some point you got the passion and the itch to to know everything about marketing from seo to everything that came that didn't exist before and then full circle you come back into the industry and you're one of the leaders so i we like to talk about that on mobile patio what would be maybe one piece of advice on say honing the craft for somebody just starting out
0: i try to tell all of my managers this uh, and i mean it genuinely i expect time blocking for pure research and learning um i certainly expect you know there to be some uh, travel for for conferences and that type of thing, that, that's great. A lot of that tends to be more more networking. Um, so when you're at your desk or you're working from home or wherever you are, I expect there to be a good, you know, three hours per week that you're dedicated to doing nothing but downloading white papers, uh, you know, following people online who are actually industry leaders, that you are spending a good 10% of your time even on research this is the whenever we're done with this end-to-end self-service model then we're not done because then we have other products we're incorporating there's a you know a a more seamless way to go about it AI is going to become a big deal Um, if you you know look at digital ledger ledger technology you know there are a lot of places that this is going Um, quantum computing even is, is on the rise I mean this never ends it's the exciting part of the job and so even if your job is a loan officer and not something necessarily that you're influencing technology technology the way you do it is evolving right now so 4 hours a week minimum you know i try to say about 10% of their time they need to be online researching and that's that's all i can say because that's the only way to learn no one's going to give you the rule book you have to go find it research it learn it
1: thank you i can stand behind that i i truly endorse that and i think if some a leader like you tells actually block the time. It's more yes. of a, a better strategy than how I do it, where you're you're reading half an article, then moving and then and engaging, unengaging. So kudos there. And, and thank you um, for just being somebody in marketing, but saying marketing is also about IT. And to hear you talk about AI and and quantum computing and, and leading that and just making what we're all trying to do cool. at you know, motivates us that uh, if you can make it cool, then what we do is is just more fun to get up and and do every day. So uh, I don't know if there's any final thoughts, but we appreciate you coming on and, and thank you very much.
0: Actually, I'll just say my final thought, Michael, the the effort you're putting into getting us to network, I would have never met some of these people without even, uh, you know, your mobile patio and the, you know, the constant sort of open ear you have to the ground where you're not trying to uh, be the knowledge base of all people, just getting the message out there so that people have a path, you know, a voice to listen to. I can't thank you enough for it because it's needed and it's, I'm sure, making a big difference. So thank you.
1: Thank you. I'll have our editors uh, edit out my blushing there at the end. Uh, those too Irish skin to be blushing. Thank you again for coming on. We really appreciate it. The mobile That's- patio is always open. And thank you for joining. Us,